and welcome to another episode of Northside Now. This is the podcast where we take you on a tour through all of the ministries and the latest happenings around Northside Church to keep you better connected with your church family. My name is Patrick, and with me as always are my co-hosts, Glenn Miller and Kevin Bryant. What's happening? Hello. Oh, he's back. Hey. He really wasn't on a rocket. <laughs> no, I'm glad I wasn't on that particular rocket. Yeah, that rocket. was bad. We yeah, laughing. yeah. We recorded that before it blew up. <laughs> so we were like, oh. It's like you were saying you hoped I was on the rocket. I'm like, did they really not like me or what? It was funny because after Patrick go, oh, we might need to. And then Kevin edited it. So No, but I. Uh, that was funny though. I really enjoyed watching that launch. I felt like it was a page out of history. You know, when we look back on the Saturn V launch from years ago, I think this will kind of be the similar thing. Although it'll probably be more momentous when it actually succeeds. (laughs) But in terms of the SpaceX program, it was a successful launch, meaning it made it past the launch pad. And it had, what, a four-minute flight, something like that? I enjoyed watching the cars get destroyed that parked too close to the launch pad. Did you pad. see the video where the concrete was splashing in the ocean? Oh, no. There's one view from that drone view from up above. Uh-huh. If you look at it all the way on the right-hand side, you'll see splashes in the ocean. And what they're saying that was was debris from the launch pad yeah. that had been shot out pretty much like a cannon out of that area. So that's the strength of yeah. that. Well, that's what I want. There was a car that parked too close to the yeah. launch pad. And so when it went, like a giant chunk of concrete that's just right. came and just like demolished this car. Yeah, I saw that too. <laughs> I think all launches register on the Richter scale. So mm-hmm. this one was like ridiculous what it registered. Yeah, I think the big thing is going to be from what I've read and seen how they satisfy the FAA requirements. Because, of course, they have to be certified for every launch. Any launch that's going to be launched from anywhere has to be certified by the FAA that it's got the right safety precautions, all the trajectories and everything are outside of damage to Mm -hmm. people where people are. And so that's going to be a big hurdle to climb because even outside of what they call the blast radius, there was some damage from... Mm stuff breaking windows and various different things because of all the debris that was kicked up and you know all that stuff so that's the normal part of flying rockets you have to always do that but this one being the biggest rocket ever made yeah carries with it a lot more weight so i'm confident that it will happen it's just a matter of when i wonder if you live close to those launch pads if you can get like rocket insurance I don't know. In that particular area, you have to have flood insurance and everything else. Earthquake insurance. Yeah. Hurricane a, insurance. I don't know. Does a rocket qualify to be insured? I don't know. But it was fun to watch on uh, from a distance from wherever I was. I like the SpaceX mindset of, yep, we blew it up, but it was really successful. Yeah. yeah. I mean, where else is that applicable in life? Well, if you... <laughs> yeah, uh, I meant that up, but it was a successful time. <laughs> if you're an engineer, you're under, you're familiar with the Agile model. Yeah. And so that's what it's all about, is that you fail early and fail often. You get your best results from a failure better than from a success. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. if things are successful, some of it could be accidental. You might not know exactly why it succeeds, mm-hmm. but when you fail, and as long as you've collected enough data to help you understand what the, the source of the failure was, you know what to not do next time. Yeah. It's like inventing the light bulb. There are a thousand ways that Edison learned how not to make a light bulb before he made the, the successful bulb. So, 
I think that's fascinating because we've grown up in this space race where it's all been a NASA model, Mm -hmm. where it's a governmental funded agency. And the criteria about how you build things and the safety requirements and everything else were just a total different mindset. It's not that people in the 60s didn't have the ideas. Yeah. It's that they weren't allowed to do those or or that just wasn't the time and the the way that things were done back then. Mm -hmm. So it's a fascinating time to be alive. And I'm really interested to see what happens. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. One of the things I've been doing lately is listening to a bunch of Christian music. And I got a question for y'all. And the reason I've been okay. listening to it is because this time of the year, you start getting a lot of, uh, if they're going to be a Christian festival, you know, if Six Flags is going to have Christian people, they start seeing all these flyers and stuff in youth ministry. It's one of those things. So I kind of went back, started listening to some old Christian music. You know, to be true and honest, I don't listen to Christian music all the time because quite honestly, some of it gets on my nerves. You hmm. heathen. Healing, but <laughs> so I listen to all kinds of music. But I've been listening to like some of the older, like nineties uh-huh. stuff, like that. So, who was your not praise and worship leader? But who was some of y'all's favorite, or is some of your favorite Christian artists? DC Talk, hands down. Yeah, ah, uh, I owned every DC Talk CD. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Do you still like them that they're all split up and doing their own careers? Less so. There was something magic about the Better three of together. them together. Yeah. I mean, they're all still still good, and I still have a soft spot in my heart for each of them. But I don't know. Michael Tate is fronting Newsboys now, right. and it's like, but for me, growing up, Newsboys is Peter Furler. Yeah. So yeah. like, That's true. so I don't know. It's just not the same. So you get up every morning just you know singing a little Jesus freak. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, of those three guys, though, who do you follow the most now, um, or, or appreciate the most now musically? I appreciate musically, honestly, probably Kevin Smith. Yeah, okay. I knew that because was well, Michael Tate, he's fronting Newsboys, right. and so he they're doing more, I guess, mainstream mm-hmm. contemporary Christian music. Toby Mac is still doing a lot. I, honestly, I probably listen to Toby Mac more. Yeah, but he's doing a lot more with some of the Christian rappers. And right, more in that he's, scene. he's right. been the biggest. Name he's been the biggest the name yeah. for Correct. sure. Yeah. But then Kevin Smith, he's kind of been flying under the radar a little bit. He, his stuff's a little bit more experimental and sort of artistic, and it's not really the mainstream stuff, which yeah. kind of appeals to me. Yeah. But I think he is more of a musician than he the is others a little are bit. Too, so. Plus, he's got such a distinctive voice. like He can exactly. sing on anything, and you know it's him immediately. So, Well, I, I, I probably am more a Toby Mac fan. Yeah. Just from the style that he does. Yeah. I never listened to, this is going to sound odd. I didn't really listen to Christian music until I was an adult. Mm. Yeah. I guess nobody in my family really picked up on that too much, I guess. It's interesting that I think about this now. I mean, I think the folks that I knew of at the time were Amy Grant and Michael W. Smith Stephen Curtis Chapman, probably a little bit. But even then, I didn't know about a lot of that until they hit sort of the adult contemporary. Yeah. yeah. Swapping over a little (laughs) bit. You know, so when uh, Michael W. Smith had his stuff, and then, of course, Amy Grant had her kind of all pop album Mm -hmm. back in the 90s, I guess. Late 90s. It's sort of when I picked up on that and then dug back into a little bit of that. I mean, growing up, the Christian music that I knew was either the Gaithers or Southern (laughs) Gospel somehow, probably. And I listened to that and I enjoyed it, but I I probably listened to more popular music Mm -hmm. in general. Picking up on my parents' impact from the 60s, you know, and classic R&B and stuff there. It's probably what I listened to the most. 
Well, I heard a lot of the the Gaithers and stuff growing up too, just because of my parents and everything. But growing up in my family's household, we were not allowed to listen to secular music when we were little. Okay. So we could only listen to Christian music. So we'd go to Limstone at the mall Mm. and my mom would let us all each pick out a CD. Okay. (laughs) And so, you know. DC Talk was my jam, but I also like Newsboys. Jars of Clay was a big one for right. me. Listened to a lot of Jars of Clay, especially that that first album that has Flood, like flood on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Liquid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, for a while we were only allowed to Christian listen to Christian music. So it wasn't until I was probably 13 or 14 that uh, a friend of mine brought me a, a burned CD that had like <laughs> Led Zeppelin and ACDC and some Metallica on yeah. it. And I was like, what is this? And uh, it all went downhill from there. But... <laughs> <laughs> and you definitely probably had the harder rock influence, but did you get into the striper and stuff like that at all? Yeah, you know, I never did. No, uh, uh-uh. uh, I or Petra I, or Petra. Petra. Yeah, I, I mean, I learned about them a little later on, right? But I wasn't as familiar with the hard rock Christian music, right? So. right. Well, until you were older, then I know because we would go to Ixy some, and oh, y'all yeah. would go to some of those backstage areas. The tents, and y'all would get up there and do the mosh pits. To oh yeah, so stuff. there's always like the one tent at Ixthus that had like the hardcore groups, but those were more like screamo bands, yeah. you know, like Norma, right, right, Norma yeah, Jean yeah. and you know, yeah, Skillet. And yeah, stuff. but it, yeah, Striper especially is more like '80s hair metal. That's right. Yeah, that's but right. it's <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Now I wonder, could you come back and have that kind of you know? Because now pretty much it's a lot of. Christian music is wrapped around more praise and worship stuff yeah. and everything. Well, I blame Chris Tomlin. <laughs> well, I mean, that's... <laughs> it wasn't all Chris Tomlin. I mean, Mm-mm. Hillsong and all this. The, the trend became when... Because when I was listening to some of these bands like DC Talk, Newsboys, Jars of Clay, they were writing Christian music, but it wasn't meant to necessarily be sung in church. Worship, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And now the idea for Christian artists is to write a song that will be sung in churches. And so everything has shifted to this sort of more praise and worship side of things. Approach, yeah. Because there used to be a time when I was younger, even too, you're talking about like the hardcore bands where secular hardcore bands were taking their lead from the Christian Mm -hmm. hardcore bands where they were like really leading that Mm. genre. And there was a lot more, I felt, creativity yeah. and uh, in the Christian music world that I don't see as much because everything's trying to be so generic and praise and worshipy yeah. to be able to be sung in churches everywhere. So yeah. I don't know. I feel like we've lost a little bit of something in the Christian music world. I think that as Christian music has become more financially sustainable, maybe is the word. Yeah. And I think some of that's because of how a lot of it's been shaped to be more financially mm-hmm. viable. I'm not in that world, so I can't really speak for them at all. But it seems to me that there has been a, a growth of Christian music in all kinds of popular genres. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it be the rap style or the metal style and lots of different things. Christian music, I felt like early on used to be more like the Michael W. Smith. Mm, yeah. I don't know if the softer is the word. Yeah. Yeah. Just poppy, I think. Right. Or pop. But there's so much now that can appeal to a lot more people. Yeah. In a way, that's good. Yeah. For sure, because the message is still there. 
but it's become more mainstream in, in a way. And in a sometimes way, yeah. that feels less They're, spiritual. <laughs> well, I talked about, you know, how like secular hardcore bands were taking their lead from the mm-hmm. Christian hardcore bands. And you don't really see that anywhere else. Like the rap genre right now in Christian music is doing some pretty innovative things. Mm-hmm. And some secular artists are taking their lead. But for the most part, I feel like the Christian music scene is kind of always a little bit behind the secular yeah. music scene. Yeah. And they're not really kind of forging the way anymore. Like, I feel like they used to a little bit more. But well, there was a time, you know, in Nashville. I say, when I say used to, I'm talking about like mid-90s, early 2000s yeah. when I was, And that's you what know, I'm about right. to say that, you know, that time frame, country music kind of changed a little bit, kind of took a, almost like a break. Yeah. <laughs> and the Christian music scene pretty well took over Nashville mm. at that mm-hmm. time. You know, they, they were the ones that were up and down Broadway and all that stuff in all the recording studios a lot. Yeah. Uh, with Sparrow Records just blew up and went right. crazy and right. all that. And then, you know, they were doing Rocket Town with Michael mm-hmm. W. Smith and all mm-hmm. that. So now that, that pendulum swip, 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 swooped back the other way right. and country music's regained their town. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, so I don't know. I've just been listening to more of it lately yeah. <laughs> and um, and just kind of was re- reminiscing back to the old Christian music days. Yeah. And I actually got asked not long ago about the festivals we used to have here, Manifest and... Oh, yeah. Nexus. Nexus, and there was another one started with S. I can't remember. Soul, uh, soul, something. I don't, I don't remember. remember. Back there at uh-huh, behind Casey, Casey Jones. Jones. Yeah, I remember those. those were fun. <laughs> that was pretty. It was pretty. I don't cool. think I ever did that. Is the rumor true that I'm hearing that Ixus is coming back? Ixus is coming back. I believe it's September this year, <sighs> and they are back with Asbury now. Those people who originally had Ixus now own it again. It was an interesting story. Part of that comes from the. Um, revival thing that happened in uh, oh up uh, yeah and asbury yeah. and in that process they were given back the rights to ichthus actually there's ichthus and there's ichthus music festival mm. so i think it's ichthus music festival which gotcha. was the traditional one we yeah. always went to are we taking the group again that would be fun well, if we need uh, any adult chaperones i'm uh, that would be fun I, <laughs> you I mean, put me on the list why, why take kids why don't we just take adults I'm cool with that too. So yeah, I've, those these kids won't appreciate. They'll, they'll be in these. school in September. <laughs> That's true. I've never been. So for those who have not been, explain what this is. It's like Bonnaroo uh, for Christians, oh yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Woodstock. Yeah, it's a, it's a music festival, but it's all Christian bands and it, everybody wears outdoors. clothes. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and stay in well tent. for the most part. <laughs> you stay in tents. There's usually a tornado or two and well, snow. So we could, yeah, we could tell this story. <laughs> it used to April. be what in April, and First it was May, the weather May. was always crazy. Yeah, and there was one year we went down there, and yeah, I think it had been raining. It was like super muddy. Yeah, and so it was hard to even get there. And then like tornadoes came through one night, and they had to. I was a little upset because Reliant K came on yeah. and they played one song and then they had to shut the show down because tornadoes. And so we were like in the tents and the tornadoes were coming through. We're like holding the tents down to the ground. Like we were big circus, like tents. one of these big circus yeah. tents and people are getting like lifted off the ground because oh, the wind. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty rough. I don't know how we survived. And then we woke up the next morning and we went out and there was snow, snow. on the ground. It's snowing. It's like, what is happening? And people like, Nobody dressed for snow weather. <laughs> Nobody brought clothes for the snow. We were going to a music festival. We turned like everybody go. We're going home. <laughs> so we wow. we left a little early that year, but well, so did everybody. Like pretty well. Yeah, canceled it out from that point. But yeah, I was there when there was more than one tornado. I've been there tornadoes <laughs> yeah. twice, I think. And wow, yeah, it's a it's a music festival. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it really is a lot of fun. The great thing was you'd pay this not very much fee. I mean, 
20 bucks, whatever. And you were there for the entire weekend and they brought through all the big names of the time. Mm-hmm. And then they'd bring through people that were kind of moving up. I mean, Chris Tomlin was even there. Yeah, Chris Tomlin. I mean, times. I saw Reliant K, I saw Skillet. I saw, you know, a bunch wow. of these, these casting crowns, casting crowns, David yeah. Crowder. I mean, just, you just of, keep going yeah. through the list. Matt, um, When's the last time we Matt Redmond? Matt Redmond yeah. was there. Actually, he's really good. He's under Jeremy Camp. You know, mm-hmm. you keep going. When's the last time we took a group take this? That'd have been probably uh let's see six slash group fourteen. Probably like twenty thirteen ish. Something like that. Well, it's been 10, 10 years, years it's ago. A, it's about time to bring it back, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. If you listen to Christian music out there and you're really on it, give us a, a holler either on our socials or send it in. We who do you listen to? Who's your favorite? What's the ones yeah. that you're, you know, you're all like jazzed about, you know, you're like, they're coming in town. I go see their concert or something. Yeah. When they were doing, was it barn fest out at Snyder oh, yeah, barn uh-huh. for a few years? That was fun. Cause they're bringing in like for King and country and yeah. Crowder and some other folks that were bringing yeah. in. That was fun for a couple of years, but it's, it's a lot of work to put on those festivals and mm. stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I've just been thinking a lot about Christian music lately. I've been listening to some of the old, and I think there's a beginning to be a little bit of a turn from what I understand in Christian music where they're moving away from some of these people doing all the praise and worshipy yeah. stuff and which I mean not a little a, more of like the yeah life type or whatever. And not not everybody does that. There are still people out there that aren't. It just is not the more prevalent thing in the Christian music world. Like there's a singer songwriter I really like in the Christian music world. His name's Andrew Peterson. Mm-hmm. Check him out if you mm-hmm. don't like him. Yeah. I, I don't know. There's something about whenever I hear people writing more praise and worship music, I feel like they're just trying to get their song played in church and i'm like i don't know it's hard for me to take it it doesn't seem as genuine to me and i don't know if that's just probably says something more about me than it does about them but sometimes it's hard for me to get into i don't know a lot of these these groups that just do praise and worship music because part of me feels like you're just turning out one after the other and it just feels like you're just trying to get that one hit that lasts in church for a while so that i don't know you can get paid but well you know there's a general trend in music especially on the secular side. There's a particular YouTube person that I follow that is a very good musician and talks a lot about this, but basically that the new songs really are just not songs. Yeah. They may be a few chords repeated over and over and over. There's really not a song structure. Yeah. And maybe that's what is and that not could, appealing And that's to me. what I see for my critique for those kinds of things. And maybe I'm being overcritical, so I'm not saying there's not value. You don't have to do a praise chorus longer than Hotel California. Well, we and the chorus is repeated <laughs> we 10 need, times. We have 34 bridges. Let's go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So like I, I follow a, a couple of different Christian uh, TikTok channels. Um, <laughs> and one of them is kind of a parody account uh-huh. and he like kind of makes fun of some of this stuff. And he's like talking to his worship band and he's like, all right, the order is going to be, we're going to do verse, chorus. I think I saw verse, this chorus, one. chorus, bridge, 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 Course, 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 course. <laughs> it's just like that's the joke. Is yes. that we have to repeat it a hundred and a hundred times. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like you have to repeat it until we get spiritual enough. Exactly. <laughs> you know. So the first five times you don't really get there, and then the next five yeah. is when you really, really. Feel it. You know, some people just need a little more time to get there than others. <laughs> you know, and and there's something to that. You know, there's. Uh, the monks and their chants. Oh, like, uh, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Drones and those kinds of things. That is a thing, uh-huh. you know, that it's not that you're being put in a trance, but it, <laughs> there's something about that repetitive nature of that does something physical to you. Yeah. And, and I get that. But I just, I don't really connect with that kind of music I don't either. as much. I want to hear a story. 
I'm a sucker for a, a story. ballad. Yeah. Well, not necessarily a ballad, but just a story. Something that starts out one place and ends somewhere else. Uh-huh. And that connects with me more mm-hmm. than some of the other. And for other people, it might be something oh, yeah. different. Yeah. But I appreciate a good storyteller and a singer and a songwriter. And there's some really good ones out there. But that's what connects with me the most. Yeah. Well, all of this yeah. is before the uh, the AIs take over. That's true. That, We're going to have AI-generated songs coming. Well, that's a big thing in Christian music. Yeah. They said it actually will probably happen in Christian music before <laughs> other deals. But then they just did that crazy song with the voice of Rihanna, the oh, computerized yeah. voice of Rihanna. I haven't heard about that. Redid someone else's song, and you oh, couldn't yeah. tell who it was. You generate your text, but then right. you can have different voices because they've trained AI models on all of these like celebrity voices because mm-hmm. they have a ton of recording data to use. Right. And so you can pretty well imitate any celebrity out there <laughs> which further leads to the mistrust of oh, anything yeah. out there we yeah. were talking about this before we went on air about general pessimism yeah. and mistrust and i think that's one of the negatives that could come from ai is that i just don't know how much we can trust mm-hmm. about what's real unless we see it with our own eyes yeah face to face and we talked about this patrick about lots of different things in our culture right now maybe because of the pandemic or maybe the timing was just coincidental but with the advent of online therapy and definitely online medical assistance mm-hmm. and things telehealth there's a difference you're not in the physical space with the person yeah. And the way you treat as a medical professional and the way you are treated as a patient is different. Mm-hmm. And so when you're not in the same space with a physical person, there's no doubt that there's chemical and electrical energy that impacts that interaction, right? Oh, yeah, I yeah, think sure. that's pretty much proven now. Yeah. When you don't have the same environment, things are different. Oh, yeah. And I'm not saying that's necessarily bad. But it's definitely different. And how's that going to impact us moving forward? How has it already impacted us moving forward? I think, Glenn, you mentioned a little bit that we know just from folks that we know and their practices and things that needing mental health services is a bigger Mm -hmm. need now than before the pandemic, right? I think that would be sort of self-evident, but Mm -hmm. that is a real thing. Oh, yeah, it's completely real. Try to book a therapy session or something. I mean, you're... (laughs) Some of these people are like months and months and months out. And and talking with some of them, you know, they're saying, you know, we probably just, we still don't know Mm. how big of an impact this has had on on all of us. It's going to be a long while. And don't get me wrong, getting help, whether it's online or not, is probably better than not getting help. Oh, definitely. Oh, for sure. But if you can do it in person, I think there's an added benefit there a relationship you can develop that's got some more characteristics than just an online situation. Plus it does people good to talk to people face to face. Are you sure? I think so. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's backed up by, by science. Ah, uh, you're probably right. <laughs> and who, who knew that Millie Villanilli would have been ahead of their time? Oh, I know. You know how mad they must be right now? They're like, like, we could have had a, a career. Nobody would have ever questioned uh-uh, anything we did. What were, they, what were their names again? Rob and... Robin. It was Millie and Vanilli. Chaz. Yeah. No. Yeah, that? Rob and Chaz, I think. Yeah. Yes. I can't even remember their last name. It's like, but everybody lip syncs to everything. And like, <laughs> yeah. ah, I bet they're just so mad right now. They were mad when <laughs> they it happened. They were mad when it happened. Speaking yeah. of the festival that used to be out at Casey Jones, I got caught one time. There was a Jump 5 or something like that. Oh, yeah. We were watching there, and I said, they have to be lip syncing. It was a bunch of young people. I said, Take five? No, I'm pretty sure it was jump, jump, five. jump five. Yeah. yeah jump five. And, you know, there was a bunch of young people, college age type students, and they were like, I was like, there's just no way they can be that in shape and singing that level. Right. 
Well, little did I know that the little blonde in the middle that was one of the lead singers in Jumping the Most was her mom right behind me. Uh, and he goes, I will have you know. <laughs> and I was like, whoops. <laughs> so, be careful what you say. You never know who's listening. <laughs> mom. I think that every time I see an artist like that's really doing heavy choreography while they're yeah. singing, I'm like, there's no way you're doing that and singing at the same time without sounding out of breath. Like, yeah, but I mean, think about it. Do you really <laughs> want to hear all that? No. No. Yeah. Like, if you're listening to NSYNC, that's the only one I'm thinking about. <laughs> bye, bye, bye. <laughs> oh, I know. You don't want to hear that. I don't want to so, hear it. Uh-uh. I'm okay. Uh, you know, we just need to stop pretending that they're actually singing but and dancing. Do they, oh, do, right. do they do it on Broadway, though, don't they? Oh, the, uh, yeah. So, I, I think there's probably a technique to learning how to do all that. It, it's probably just be in like, shape. because Yeah, be they practice it to nauseum. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Um, well, and... I think everybody knows. Maybe everybody doesn't. There's tuning that happens in live oh, shows. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything's processed. So there's a new app whipping around pretty hardcore on the socials right now. It shows you singing your voice. Then you could auto-tune it yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. yourself now, which you've been able to do some with GarageBand. But now, there's quite like everything else, they're making it easier. Easier. And yeah. so and now you can sound so amazing. Yeah. Even you. But there are definitely even you some professional American tools Idol. that they use in yeah. like bigger shows. Cause yeah. Oh, yeah. I know I know somebody who that's their job. They run the computer program yeah. for the vocals. And there's like three people that do this. One's vocals, one's instruments, and the other's kind of production-y side. Mm-hmm. Of it. But that's all they do is the computer side of it. And they don't run the actual sound and lights. They're just, they just running, run running plugins. All yeah. that through the computers, the systems that they have. Right. So it sounds good mm-hmm. the yeah. way we like it. The larger churches do that too. Yeah. Well, the larger churches with more resources have more standard equipment, you know, from big line arrays and speaker systems to all I the process. though, you know, auto-tuning a praise band at church. <laughs> <laughs> just, I'm sure people do it. Oh, it, it happens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I wish we had that here. (laughs) (laughs) If I'm up there, that might happen. (laughs) But yeah, it just, it puts a different spin on, you know, what's real, what matters. And I don't know how much importance we put in various things. Sure. Right. So it's an interesting time to be alive because all of that seems like it's changing. Patrick, you were talking about somebody listened to recently about this generation, whatever that necessarily, Mm -hmm. however you define it sort of breaking all the rules it's different than all the patterns that we've seen right it's yeah. it's new yeah yeah and that's exciting and scary sure <laughs> sure, sure yeah it, it's a little bit of both <laughs> or a whole lot of both and you know i guess all those are tools that we use to reach people for jesus and you know you do different things you know like the uh the group that we started men of valor that still meets on tuesdays yeah. and thursday mornings a group of guys that get together and share each other's lives and work out together and they support each other in all kinds of ways now not just physically but patrick's about to start something uh, a bible study that is going to revolve around things that people tend to really be passionate about and have in common as well and so patrick what are you what are you about to do <laughs> it has very little to do with men of valor <laughs> we're not going to no, be running around but with, it's no. the same concept yeah, starting on may 10th 
that Wednesday. I'm going to do it Wednesday night Bible study, kind of that our normal Wednesday night Bible study time at 6.30. My working title right now is The Digital Disciple. The Digital Disciple. Only because Daphne didn't really like the term nerd Bible study. <laughs> I don't think there's anything but, wrong with that. Yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about, you know, kind of all Point things Dexter nerd. On yeah. the guitar. <laughs> you know, we'll do, we'll do lessons based off of, you know, Star Wars and Lord of the Rings. And, you know, I'm, I'll probably tend to focus on movies and video games. And Yeah. So are you going to tell me the Holy Spirit is the force? No, but I mean... Oh, okay. I just wanted to know. It's all analogy. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to start that uh, on May 10th, 630, Wednesday night. Actually, I'm really excited about that. We've talked about that some... Because some people just talk in different, you know, they just live in different ways. And it's not a bad thing. It's just everybody yeah. has their thing, right? And I think a lot of times people that are more scientific and more fantasy, mm-hmm. they enjoy that genre that speaks to them. Mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes they feel like the church kind of wants to rebuke them for listening and watching and being a part of the stuff they do. I, you know, I remember when I grew up in the heyday of when Dungeons and Dragons started. Right. <laughs> you know, and we we may talk about some of that too. We <laughs> we drew out on graph paper. I mean, you know, if your mom would buy you graph paper, you were just like, oh, it's the greatest thing on the planet. Mom thinks, but you draw your own math stuff. And then, you know, I remember magic cards and things right. like that that came through in youth ministry when Harry Potter started, y'all, and you were in youth ministry. There were more mamas kicking in youth pastors' doors than there was anything else. Yeah, my kids doing this. Now that's just what they're interested in. You know, mom, you liked Snow White, right? Mm. And why did you like Snow White and a <laughs> six foot mouse down in Florida? But you know, you liked all that stuff too. It's the same thing. Yeah. But it's how life speaks to us. We talked about music. Music speaks to a lot of people. They gain life. Their relationship with Jesus. Okay. It's the same. Some people it's sports. Some people it's it's everything. You know. So I th- I'm excited about this because it, it I think it'll be be really exciting to get a group of people together that builds community and we've talked a lot about community this spring so I'm glad we're doing this. I think that's the thing to remember. We talked about maybe the new generation or the time we live in is scary and exciting and still remember connection is where it's at. Yeah, connecting with people, getting to know them, barbecuing first. We've said yeah. forever, yeah. and then having those conversations about God about mm-hmm. Jesus, about our faith, about how that informs us and affects us and drives us and not being afraid to question mm-hmm. and to dive in together hand in hand into the situations we deal with each and every mm-hmm. day. When I think about the first century church, I think about them working together, number one, but also dealing with things that they had to deal with, yeah. the the politics of the time, the cultural practices of the time dealing with that head on you know that's what a lot of what paul's letters are all about is yeah. i see you doing this thing here's why it's not quite where we need to be let's make some changes and go forward together and serve people and so if we ever get to the point where whatever we're doing is excluding people i think that's something we need to be at least thinking about yeah you know why is that or is that helping us have those discussions about christ or not and jesus used this very same format in his teaching his telling parables if you read luke nine sixty two, which says if you put your hand to the plow and look back you're not fit for the kingdom of heaven mm. well if i go out here and i hook a plow to my digitalized john deere tractor with gps i can look <laughs> back all day long that doesn't mean anything to me right but when you're living in back in that time and you had a plow and you had an ox or a mule or whatever it was pulling it and you're hanging on the reins, that's a lot of hard work. You're trying to keep your body stable. You're trying to walk in these claws 
quads that the ground that's being furrowed is creating. And if you look back, you're going down. Right. You're, you're going to be drugged. <laughs> or at least, you know, you're going to turn exactly. or you're going to move off straight. your line. Yeah. It, it, so people don't understand that. So basically, if there's a storyline within a superhero movie or within whatever, mm-hmm. then that makes more sense. That's the parable for my day. Yeah. You know, so, you know, if you put your hand to... You know, if you start binge watching something, you know, which is so popular to do for young people and people of all ages now, and you, you know, you decide you got to leave or whatever, you know, it's going to mess you up. So, yeah, I don't know what, that's not really the best one, but, (laughs) but something along the same lines, it's the same thing that Jesus did then. He used what the people knew, what they enjoyed doing, what they knew they had to do, and he made the kingdom of God real for their life. And I think when you do that, because... Like you said, Kevin, when we can't really relate with people and we don't want to even try to relate, no, you must come sit and mm-hmm. listen to my kind of music and my kind of worship in that pew there and don't get anybody else's. You know, God did not create religion or God didn't create religion, <laughs> but God did not create us to follow such a rigid puppet master, puppet kind of life. We have choice and we have things and, and that's our job as the church is to bring the church into life. I'm excited, Patrick, get after it. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm just mad I can't go all the time. <laughs> well, I'm only committing for the summer right okay. now. You know, So depending on how it goes, when we get closer to school starting back, and we, we've got some momentum and we want to keep going, we'll keep going. But I'm only committing for the summer. That's so. good. I, when I first started youth ministry here, I'd say I'd only did it for six weeks <laughs> or six months. <laughs> and boom, here I am. Well, Mother Teresa said that, you know, yeah. I'm only committing for the summer. I'm only committing for the summer. This is a limited time offer. <laughs> and we'll see you next fall, dude. Right. <laughs> So, get in touch with Patrick if you're interested, because he can give you all the details and yeah. where and when and all that. Yeah, come on. Get after it. Yeah. No age restriction or anything like that. I'm cool with whatever. Let's and talk. just to be safe, may the force be with you. Yes. <laughs> and also with you. Let us pray. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, anything else going on besides your Bible study? Well... As you know, May 7th is approaching rapidly, and it's going to be a big day for us. Graduation Sunday, so all the graduates are going to be hanging out that morning. Uh, We've got our new Sunday schedule, 9 o'clock in the sanctuary, 10 o'clock Sunday school, 11 o'clock in Hope Hall. That's a big one. And then we've got our potluck that night, so that's a full day. There's a lot going on. Um, And then the next week, May 14th, that's Mother's Day. So You've been warned. You've been warned. We're getting closer. We've been telling y'all for a few weeks now that it's coming. You know, this is on you. If, no if, excuses. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then we've got a couple of save the dates coming up later on in the summer. For sure, we've got the musical that first weekend in June. So that's like the second through the fourth. Yeah. And then the week of July 10th is going to be VBS this year. So make sure you go ahead and save those dates. Put those on the calendar. And that's like food truck affair. Oh, I know. It's it's called food truck party. Yeah, that's it. And I think we're actually getting some food trucks. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm uh, I'm looking forward to this one. I'm hoping the shaved ice people show up. Yeah. Saucy Jake's. Saucy Jake's. Have you guys had that? I've had their uh, Philly cheesesteak egg rolls. Yes, I've heard about this. I've not eaten it yet. Did you see where their son is now one of the properties? Is it the store front or the actual truck? I think it's the store. Yeah. 17. Yeah, he's taking over. Yeah. And, and running see it. That. that looks and, really cool. And isn't it their daughter that's opened up? Uh, she does peppermint, peppermint patties. Peppermint Addies down, yeah. downtown. Downtown. Bobby. Ice cream? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, it's candy store. It's kind of candy and ice cream. Yeah. 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 Very entrepreneurial family. But what a great thing to get your kids involved oh, yeah. at a young age doing that yeah. as well. Teach them a lot. Totally. That's cool. 
If you haven't tried Saucy Jake's yet, go try Saucy I, Jake's. I have to. I am <laughs> one of those people. Well, guys, thanks for podcasting with me. And thanks to all of you out there in the world for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from us, you can follow us on Instagram at Northside Now Podcast. Go to our website, northsidejackson.com, or email us at podcast at northsidejackson.com. We hope to hear from you soon. Once again, this is Patrick. This is Glenn. I'm Kevin. And that's what's happening at Northside Now. Bye-bye.